Welcome to Activity Quest, the podcast that is packed with stuff to do. This week, it's Adam versus Adam. Our producer's off to Adam Henson's Cotswold Farm Park to walk among the animals. We're off to Chessington World of Adventures with George and Len Tester. We've got an animal-themed craft for you. And we have a list of events from across the UK. Episodes of Activity Quest always start with a fun kids presenter getting out and about and discovering what's happening near you. Adam is our producer. Adam Henson is a farmer. You might recognise him from Country File on the telly. And he's got his very own farm park. It's Adam Henson's Cotswold Farm Park. And here's our Adam taking a look. My name's Ali and I'm the head of operations at Cotswold Farm Park. And uh, I look after the management of the site and the day-to-day running of both the farm park and our accommodation and campsite. So a very big question. The first question, what is Cotswold Farm Park? Well, I would describe it as a place uh, where you and your family could come either for a day or a few days and stay with us on, on holiday. And it's just a place which is such a huge has such a huge amount of fun uh, you can have here but uh, also you can learn quite a bit about uh, farming and the countryside and how we can um, be responsible for looking after it there is so much fun stuff at adam henson's cotswold farm park that honestly it pains me to tell you we will not be able to cover it all so i'm going to rush through the entrance just just so you get an idea of what is in such a small space You walk in and immediately you're greeted with sand pits with all the buckets and spades you could possibly need. There's a climbing frame. There's a massive kind of teepee yurt looking thing. There is uh, some pillows, some inflatable kind of pillows that you can go and bounce on like trampolines. Behind us, there's a nature sort of rewilding zone where you can get up close and personal with butterflies and bees and insects and wander around that little trail on site there is also a wildlife walk that's free you don't need to pay your entry fee you can go and do the wildlife walk whenever you want but the reason i'm rushing through is because that really isn't why i was there i was there for this hello darren um i'm with some people here and we're recording a few things for a radio station um I know you've done this recently, so uh, I was wondering whether you'd come over and maybe talk about the animals for a minute. OK, I'll head around that. It wouldn't be a farm park without a load of animals. These aren't, these aren't full size yet, so they're already... Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you can't see them if you're listening right now, but they are probably... They're about as big... They're bigger than a cat, aren't they? I would say. They're, they're definitely the size of a small dog. That's, that's how big these, uh, these rabbits are. Um, I think they're a first for us this year, uh, and they're utterly delightful. They do always get a big wow when people come in. They're pretty, pretty well-behaved. They're quite chilled. Uh, I just tend to find them with the bigger rabbits. They're a lot more chilled than the little ones. Um, we have been doing a bit of handling, so um, we have been getting them out sort of used to people. Um, yeah, but so they're, they're really quite nice, and they're, they're very chilled, as you can see. And they're, they're quite happy. And they are about the size of a, a small dog, we said, at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Like, How big are they going to um, get? 
Are we talking massive Labrador yeah, no, size? Be sort of double the size, so sort of like sort of medium-sized dog. Hopefully they'll be yeah, a bit, a lot bigger than they are now. Um, yeah, quite quite big. <laughs> I'm not really sure. The, yeah, someone says maybe like a big corgi. I think that was the size someone was yeah, saying, yeah. like that sort of size. So there's a real mixture of stuff to do here then. You can see see yeah. animals. Feed I heard them. in reception, yeah, you could feed them. Yeah, so the, uh, so some of these, what we're looking at now is a feeding tube. So some of the animals have to be what we call double fenced. And that's uh, particularly if we've got sort of larger cattle. So in this paddock, we've got uh, the highlands, which are not only large, but they have massive horns. So we have to make sure that there's enough space between you and the animals. But all of our paddocks, uh, if they are double fence, will have feeding tubes, so you can still give them some food if they're if they're hungry. Um, a lot of the other paddocks where you can get up close and personal, we're all always happy for you to feed them, and we do sell bags of feed throughout the the site. Um, and the animals absolutely love it. There's only a handful that we can't feed, and that's usually because they're so young, they're still uh, having milk, so they can't have the uh, animal pellets that we give them. Um, but yeah, but feeding the animals, as we'll find out as we walk around, is one of the most fun things to do here, to be honest. And these two are waiting right by that feeding tube. Oh, look how hungry they are. And I feel bad because we've walked over here without any food. So maybe I need to go and grab a bag just to... Uh, yeah, just so they don't get too too upset. <laughs> oh, there you go, they're walking away. <laughs> now, it's a pretty fair weather day at the moment, but the, the great British weather isn't always like this. I'm wearing some great big clomping walking boots. Is that what I should be wearing when I visit, or, or can I kick it about in trainers? Well, most of our uh, areas are kind of flat, uh, and they do, um, you know, we kind of cover them with uh, uh, you know kind of short short gravel i suppose we call it uh, so you can get away in trainers but there are some undulating parts of the park and particularly if you want to go on our wildlife walk which uh, goes around the surrounds of uh, the cotswolds you'd definitely be better off wearing a sturdier pair of walking shoes um, in terms of the rain uh, we always tell people to bring their raincoats and wet weather gear because uh, the park is just as much fun in the rain uh, as, it, as it is in the dry. But if it does get too much, there are plenty of animals that are indoors. There's plenty of play that's indoors. Uh, so those uh, moments when the heavens do open up, uh, you can dive inside and uh, uh, either go and play with something or uh, you can get a spot of lunch. Next is our Discovery Bar. So our discovery barn is where all the little animals live. So in here we have a lot of petting animals. We have some smaller goats. Sometimes we have smaller sheep. Uh, but this is where all our rabbits live, our guinea pigs, our little chicks. Um, when we have them, we might have some quail in here as well. So we do change the offer like, throughout the year. But this is where you can get up close and personal. A lot of our... Um, animal handling again we had to pause during covid because of all sorts of reasons but we're slowly starting to bring that in now so we have some petting tables set up over there uh, and that just means that everyone can get hold of a rabbit or feed them by their hands um, which is so much fun we love it to bits so you've got, the, you've got your frizzle peaking bantams which are the fluffy ones yeah. your smooth peaking bantams um, the big chicken is a brahma um, the, the, one, the little ones with the long legs with no feathers on their legs are old English pheasants and then the rest in there are either frizzles or smooth peaking bantams 
And the eggs that we're seeing here on display are growing. So what's really good is that if you time it right, you can come in here and see literally the eggs hatching, which is just amazing when it happens. Um, yeah, it's great because if you're staying on the campsite, people sort of come in every day to check the eggs to see whether they're about to hatch, which is lovely to see. And I'm sure Darren would love to tell us a bit about some of these animals. <laughs> these are some of our kid goats. They were born sort of March time this year. Um, we've got a mix of golden guernseys and bagot goats in here. So bagot goats are one of the rarer goats that we've got here on the farm park. So related to uh, Middle Eastern mountain goats. And they were essentially just found on the bagot estate because they've got not really much commercial value. So not really much of a meat producer, not really much of a milk producer. Uh, on top of that, they've got a bit of an attitude problem. So they'll uh, fight with absolutely everyone and everything. Um, and they're very good at escaping. So not many farmers, as you can imagine, wanted to take them on. Um, so they're here on the farm park. As I said, we're boosting their numbers up because they're, uh, they were just that one population. And they're not doing too bad at the minute, but it's trying to get that, uh, that quality, the black head and the, the white body, uh, there's breed classifications, you've got to stick with them. It's like the Golden Guernseys here as well. So if it wasn't for uh, Miriam Melbourne back in the Second World War, we probably wouldn't have these guys because she was in charge of the Golden Guernsey um, breed committee um, and trying to keep these guys on track even before the war started. Um, and then of course Guernsey was invaded by the Germans um, and they were blockaded so they had no food coming in. So they decided to eat everything on the island including the native uh, breed of donkey. Um, and uh, some of these guys. So good old Miriam, she actually hid her herd in her cellar under pain of firing squad um, because obviously restricting food for the Germans was a no-no. Um, and yeah, the, after the war, they, uh, we started breeding them with more mainland breeds and here we are, lovely golden Guernsey with a lovely curved horns. And it's not just a farm park that you can visit for a day. Some people stay here for multiple days. You've got a campsite too. Yeah, we have a campsite and accommodation, so um, people will very often stay here sort of upwards of a week. There's plenty to do in the surrounding areas as well. Uh, so we have our amazing lodges, which are sort of uh, hard-built lodges where you uh, have a hot tub, uh, uh, or you can have a hot tub, and you can see the sunset over the animals every evening, which is amazing. We also have glamping and camping pods, um, but you can just bring your camper van and pitch up or your tent as well. Uh, so we've got plenty of options for people to stay. Um, and our, uh, our Rare Breeds bar is open for breakfast baps uh, <laughs> at uh, 8.30 in the morning. So you don't even have to make your own breakfast. You can pop over and get your, get your, get your bacon butty then. I should have arrived early. I should have come <laughs> earlier. So Cotswold Farm Park, Adam Henson's Cotswold Farm Park, if people want to come, they want to visit, what do they need to do? Do they need to pre-book tickets? Yeah, so we started pre-booking tickets during COVID and it's definitely something we're going to keep. It helps us keep the uh, numbers manageable in, in the park so you don't feel like you're shoulder to shoulder with 50 million people. You are, you do have uh, kind of space to yourselves. So you do need to go on the website to pre-book. Uh, they're done in time slots of every day. Um, and you can stay then throughout the whole day if you if you wish to, you know, but we just ask that you don't arrive before your time slot has started. Uh, and finally then, what have you got coming up? I understand there are some events that you have throughout the year. We're coming into autumn and winter. What's happening for the remainder of 2021? 
So obviously we've had to hold off a little bit on our events this year because of COVID. So some of the stuff that we would have normally done in past years, um, we haven't been able to do this year. Uh, into next year, for those people that sort of come regularly, we will be doing a lot of those demos back. We were doing a lot of the stuff in the park back. Um, but we, we have an events field as well uh, next to the park uh, where we do some of our sort of more agricultural based events so to give you an example this summer we've had our wildflowers field which is an amazing place to sort of take uh, instagram photos and just uh, look at this massive expanse of all these different types of beautiful flowers uh, this autumn um, from the 4th of september we will be doing uh uh, we will be opening up our potato field so as part of your ticket for the farm park you can come in and you can pick potatoes uh, and take them home and cook them which will be great um, and there may be some prizes as well which you'll find out about on the day uh, for finding sort of the biggest potato as well uh, so we're going to be offering that and um, our sunflower field hopefully will have flowered by then but uh, all these things are, relate to are related to nature and what nature does and it hasn't been the best uh, growing environment this year uh, but hopefully very anytime soon those sunflowers are going to flower uh, and that's a great place to take the kids to because they just love seeing them all and standing amongst them and getting their photo taken. Thanks Adam and remember whatever you get up to whether it's playing with animals or something else entirely we want to know. You can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this or get in touch at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. All right, here's what else is happening across the UK. Birmingham, Glasgow and Leeds are playing host to Jurassic Encounter. It's an interactive installation of 50 life-sized animatronic dinosaurs from the Jurassic, Triassic and Cretaceous periods. Visitors will walk a perilous path across grasslands and woodlands and come face to face with snarling, roaring and hissing dinosaurs amongst the trees, bushes and woods. Each dinosaur has robotic moving body parts and jaws opening wide with realistic roaring sound effects. It's suitable for all ages and tickets start at £12. Just head to jurassicencounter.uk. Every second Saturday of each month, the Science Museum in Kensington is hosting Coda Dojo. At Coda Dojo, choose what you want to create, go at your own pace and decide how you like to work, on your own or teamed up. You'll find out how programming is useful and relevant to everyday life and what skills you already have that programmers use. Just go to sciencemuseum.org.uk. The LOL Surprise Live VIP Party is going on a UK tour. It'll feature the best ever beats and latest songs from the upcoming LOL Surprise movie, never-before-seen dance moves and the ultimate Instagrammable sets. Plus, for the first time in the UK, holograms will be used as part of a live family tour. Lady Diva, Royal Bee, Swag, Neonlicious and many more of their friends are getting ready to surprise you in Sheffield, London, Brighton, Leeds and more. Funkidslive.com is the place to find out more. Remember to check before you travel and book in advance where you can. And whatever you do, tell them Activity Quest sent you. 
Now, last week, George and Len paid a visit to Legoland to rate and review the Dragon Ride there. Len Tester is a theme park ride expert, and this summer, he's been on George's show testing out some top theme park attractions. This week, we're off to Chessington World of Adventures. Len Tester's Ultimate Theme Park Rides. So you're listening to Fun Kids and I am joined now by our theme park expert. It's none other than Len Tester here for the second edition of Len Tester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. Hello, Len. Hope you're well. George, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Well. Which attraction is our second uh, attraction, which is going to be taking a place on our leaderboard? We're staying in England today and we're doing Tomb Blaster over at Chessington World of Adventures. So, uh, Chessington World of Adventures, just if anyone listening hasn't been there, um, what, what sort of theme park is it? What can people expect to find there? So it's um, got a little bit more adventurous rides, but it's also got uh, a focus on being family friendly. So there are roller coasters there. There are rides, uh, indoor rides, slightly scarier than you might find or slightly more adventurous than you might find at Legoland, um, but still very age appropriate for uh, parents with small children. Yeah, it's a really fun day out. It's kind of ticks boxes for for the whole family. There's some good roller coasters there, some water rides and lots of stuff on animals as well. So it's a great place. And and very good theming. Um, Lots of, uh, you know, British gardens, uh, lots of lots of very good landscaping around there. too. So very pretty park as well. So um, the ride we're going for at Chessington Modern Adventures is Tomb Blaster. Just tell us a bit about what that attraction is. Um, so the the idea is that it, it's a combination of dark ride, a ride where you're in a, a vehicle going through you know a dark building, but it's also an interactive shooting gallery where you get to shoot at uh, targets throughout the ride. And, and this is interesting for a number of reasons. Most children's rides in theme parks are passive. You sit down, you go through some show scenes, and things happen to you. But Tomb Blaster is different because it's interactive. You get to become part of the story, and most kids and most adults find that a lot of fun. So I think that's, you know, something that's so special. If a ride can really get you sucked into it and you feel really involved in it, I think that takes it to a slightly different level to your your typical ride, as you say, where you just sit and you kind of see things go. So um, in terms of how Tomb Blaster does that, is is there some kind of specific show scenes and and things that you encounter along the way? Sure, there's a story. And the uh, the idea is that you're touring an Egyptian pyramid and like all good theme park rides, something goes wrong, right? And you know that something is likely to go wrong, George, because you're given a handheld laser blaster when you sit down in the ride vehicle. So almost literally the Chekhov's gun of foreshadowing here. And as you go through the ride, you'll see various targets to shoot at. Hitting some of those targets in different rooms will turn on special effects in certain scenes, and that makes it a lot of fun. And the other thing about that is because you can uh, see different targets each time you ride, no two rides are the same. So read rideability, which is a big criteria for theme park fans, is very high for Tomb Blaster. So it's a really fun ride. Uh, it's at a brilliant theme park. It's a well-themed ride. It's interactive. So let's get down to the serious part, Len. What is it going to score? So our categories are fun and innovation. So hit me with right. the scores. So in terms of fun, I give this 7 out of 10, primarily for the interactive nature of it. Also, there might be a bonus point in there for air conditioning You know, during the summer, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two days a year, we might need that, Len. <laughs> Two days a year, you might need it. And then in terms of innovation, I give it a 7 out of 10. It's one of was one of the first um, rides to use interactive laser targeting. 
you know, like a shooting gallery type ride uh, when it opened in the early 2000s, uh, and it has maintained the quality, the show quality that you would expect from a major ride in a big theme park. Well, that places it at 14 out of 20. And that means it leapfrogs the Dragon Ride. There's only two uh, rides currently on the leaderboard. But nonetheless, it puts Toon Blaster at the very top. I'm just going to put it right here on the leaderboard of Lentester's Ultimate Guide to Theme Parks. But will it stay there when we introduce our next attraction? You'll have to listen to the next installment to find out. But for now, thank you very much, Len, and we'll see you soon. Oh, big thank you to Len and thank you to George too. Okay, it's craft time. Thanks, Bex. We are going to make a pouch today. It could be used to keep little bits and bobs safe at school or to carry your animal snacks around when you visit Cotswold Farm Park like Adam did earlier on. Uh, You're going to need the following things, okay? A big square of felt or fabric. You'll need some string, two plates, one larger than the other. We'll use these to draw around. Uh, A pen, a ruler, some scissors, and remember to get the help of a grown-up when you use those. Now step one, place down your piece of cloth and put a plate in the middle. Step two, draw around the plate with your pen. Step three, cut along the line so you're left with a circle of fabric the size of the plate. Remember, get an adult to help you there. Step four, place your fabric circle back down and take a smaller plate and put that in the middle. Step five, and this is where things might get a little bit tricky, so listen up. Mark the fabric with one centimetre lines at 12 points around the plate. So kind of imagine that it's a clock. Then use a pencil and a ruler to create a pair of one centimetre long lines at the 12 o'clock position on the edge of the plate. Position the marks so they're about one centimetre apart and about 2.5 centimetres from the edge of the fabric. Repeat this for each hour position going all the way along the plate. So make two marks at one, at two, at three, at four, at five, at six, all the way around going on till you get to 12. Now step six. Use your scissors to cut through each of the lines. Make sure that you only cut the line and do not cut past it in the other direction. Cutting through each line will create a notch in the fabric that you can use to insert the cord through. And step seven, insert your string, cord, rope, whatever you're using, weave it through each of the notches that you've cut. Finally, pull the ends to gather the pouch and tie the ends to secure it. And there you have it, your very own fabric pouch for carrying animal snacks or whatever else you might have lying around. Right, that is it for today. We've given you stuff to do. Now, it's your turn to go and do it. Remember, there are loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to any time you like. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode that you like. Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids, every weekday from 4pm. See you then. The Space Programme is a Baffled Gab production for the UK's children's radio station. 
Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com.